0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 33 of Tactical Crouch. We got two in last week, so make sure to hop back and listen to both episodes. Of course, we had our regular Tactical Crouch Prime and then former Mayhem coach Mineral on the show. We went almost 2 hours on that episode. It was really fun. It was a really good mm-hmm. episode. Make sure to go follow or check those out because um you don't want to miss them and you can definitely listen to them on your commute passively. Well, Leveling in WoW, which I am still doing. So, uh, too much time for that. But we've got a great show with me, just the normal crew this week. Uh, Joe and Yiska, Volamel and Yiska, of, of course. Good to see you guys. Uh, so I, didn't, I didn't know if Joe was going to wake up for the show, Yiska. Yeah. I have
1: my alarm set. I'm always, I'm always ready. I'm always on time.
2: Yeah. I didn't know if I would still be awake. <laughs>
0: Uh, he, um, <laughs> so we usually on Tuesday mornings, like Yiska and I will chat back and forth. And then about 10, 15 store sh- show starts at 11 on Tuesdays at about mm-hmm. 10, 15 Volumel is still offline in discord. It's yeah. just still offline. And if, if Joe is up, he's online in discord. So basically mm-hmm. he's only offline if he's at a wedding, a funeral or sleeping. So, um, no, we, we kind of were like, are we, is this happening right now? Is Joe going to sleep through, but not today. Oh, uh, I
1: should, I, I turned my computer on. I get up at like one, my time because the show starts at two for me. So I wake up, turn on my computer. I ran into the bathroom, showered, brushed my teeth, came out and I didn't have discord open. So I was awake, but yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a, it's a heart, it's a hard stop every time, you know, you gotta, gotta rush and get everything done. <laughs> That's
0: true gotta make sure to put the plaid shirt on
1: so it's it's the the uniform yep did you iron this
0: hell no little (laughs) starch little starch will do keep it keep it nice and crisp the entire time um yeah so lots of stuff going on this week well not really but big things going on this week Mm -hmm. we have to talk about the big news in the room but before we do Uh, Make sure to follow the show at Tactical underscore Crouch. Tweet us your questions and topics you'd like to have discussed on the show. We do record the show live on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Even when we have nothing to talk about, apparently. I'm just kidding. We have stuff to talk about. And then, of course, you can watch and listen anywhere podcasts can be heard as well as on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Kick Tripod. So um, you can get it everywhere. There's no excuse not to listen to the show throughout the week. We put it everywhere for you is what we're trying to say. Let's uh let's discuss the news. I don't I don't know. That's a thing. <laughs> San Francisco Shock defeat the Vancouver Titans, dealing them their first loss as an Overwatch League team. Still undefeated in the regular season, but mm-hmm. undefeated. That's yeah, true. they this four, is their first loss in on an Overwatch League stage. Yeah. Four to two on this one uh man i forget where we landed because we kind of all said uh, was it joe was it you and i who said
2: chuck yeah you would should, win, yeah, and Chalk, then yeah. yiska yeah.
0: said vancouver vancouver mm-hmm. so yiska i'll let you go first with, first with th- some thoughts man like what <clears throat> what happened to your boys here
2: so it was a a bit of a weird match i would say Mm -hmm. so the first map is like people are already like in voice saying oh i think i'm going to bed early this looks so one side by shock and uh this is not going to be good serious then map two rolls around and suddenly it looks uh, directly the opposite like wasn't it paris right and they get full held Was it or was Paris the third map?
1: No, I think Paris is third, and then you had Kings Row second. I'm pulling Kings Row second, just
2: to be sure. I think that, yeah, that might actually be true. But, um, yes, certainly then this series almost looked like in the direct uh, opposite way. And then I would say I was surprised up until that point because after map one, I was also already thinking, uh-oh, oh, maybe the conservative pick of going with shock w- would have been the better uh, mm-hmm. thing. Then it switched in the other direction. Also, it looked like Titans ha- were having fun on stage. I remember that one particular play on Paris where uh, Huxal got Choyobin with a Pharah um, displacement, mm-hmm. and he f- threw him off the map and stuff like this, and he, th- he was like laughing in the final situation, and they were just having fun right, while winning games. And it didn't look competitive on Paris either. So that in itself was was then interesting that the series once again tipped, and then it actually looked not nearly as close as it was in in the first match, and also pretty decisive. Um, I would say it's interesting that... um, shock did it you would have thought that maybe after the the first break after the 1-1 that would have come but then they actually got i would say close to stomped on paris and then to come back like this is pretty impressive i have to say because there's no you know break no like halftime speech or whatever coming your way it's just like them being super hungry and really, that's, that is actually my wish for them going into the rest of the season, that they stay just as hungry as they were. Because uh, honestly, even if metas change, even if, um, if, if it's still goats, they will require their hunger in order to uh, one-up the Titans and keep that rivalry alive. I think Titans are inherently a team that, it does, I, I don't mean they slack, what I mean is is that it, they make it look effortless, and they mm. don't need to 110 percent everything. They can troll a fourth game, a fourth match in the regular season. That, that's here's the they, thing, they though, are just having fun.
0: fun NYXL can troll an entire fourth stage, so um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yes, you know they're not NYXL true. level at this point, unfortunately Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Joe, I mean, so I, I don't want to spend too long on this. It was you just gotta go watch the match yourself. But I think the big thing I wasn't so,
1: I wasn't happy with this match. I thought I was pretty disappointed. Why is that? Um so we have two finals appearances from both of these teams, right? Stage one, stage two. I think stage one, the the it was a lot closer. it, it felt like that was what the Vancouver Titans were all about. This was not. This felt very uncharacteristic from them. Um I, I, I didn't feel like slime played particularly well. I thought that So bubble timings were not great. Um random support overlapping on King's row caught my eye. Um, This was just a very poor performance from Vancouver Titans. Simple as that. Um, That's not to discredit shock. I think shock look very good. They've gone toe to toe with the Vancouver Titans for two stages. Now Um, this isn't going to stop anytime soon. I don't, predict i think both of these teams can adapt and overcome any kind of patch changes that come their way and I, I don't think the the discipline just disappears from the shock and i don't think the the kind of raw uh unadulterated talent goes away from the vancouver titans so i i i think this was uh, a pretty poor series from the vancouver titans i think this was a, a pretty a disappointing showing from them i think i think that's not even like half of what they're capable of
2: i I'm not sure even if if I would describe the Titans as like the talented of the two. I would even give that to Shock. For me, they're just like the, the rascals, like the sage rascals, if you want. Sure. You know, through their experiences, they just have gotten to a position where they can just do stuff like this and know they will be fine, right? They weren't fine now. It's actually... Another very important lesson to once again be reminded how it feels to lose again and maybe also get some of that drive back. Mm -hmm. Not saying that they're lacking it, but they're like when I'm comparing it to the finals matchup who wanted it more, I'm pretty sure that's undeniably shock.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, they beat them, was it twice or three times in stage one? Just twice, right? They played once in regular, and then they lost in the playoffs again. I'm actually not sure if they... Mm -hmm. I know they played once, 3-1, because I was at the watch party for that. Oh yeah, And the other one was close. I want to say 4-3?
1: Twice, yeah. So they played in the regular season, and then they played in the
2: finals for stage one. Yeah, finals was for 4-3, yeah.
0: Yeah, so finals were 4-3, and now we've got a 4-2, so rivalry is live and well at least Mm -hmm. there's definitely it definitely has not been one one one-sided anymore it was coming up to this point
1: to kind of end do you think that do you do you want the titans to become more disciplined i feel like that's their kind of strength almost to be that 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 wily rascal team that Mm. can go into something with world-class talent and just have fun and keep the morale high and, mm. and be very lighthearted and play this loose style that you know is very uh yeah. intuition based at times because you know you hear a lot of people go into you know these vod reviews or you hear players you know i don't know why they're so good i don't know why bumper gets away with the things he gets mm. away with like it's just it, yeah it's a lot of things coming together so I, I i don't think that if they lose that i think if they lose that kind of
2: wily rascally mentality i think we see a worse titans yeah, uh, it, I, it, it will be interesting because it's sort of, and this is sort of romanticized, but let me be a romantic here, right? In, my, in that sense, just in my mind, how I picture those teams, and it might be completely different depending on what it looks like in the coaching room and whatever. If you're a coach listening to this, just take this rom- lesson in romance and uh, run with it. But my, my idea is like, this is like a turning point potentially for both of those teams towards Either opportunity or the negative. I think if a Titan sits down and overgrinds and loses that lightness, that like that effortless uh, perfection, if you will. not perfection, but like this, how they play together, how it doesn't really matter if they go down by one. It's like it doesn't also matter who the player is. They can make up a play on the fly. That like. That is something that, is, that requires some creativity, but also requires some, you know, some, some room. And if they were to go like, too strict and now enforce structure or something, maybe a little more, not much more. Um, if, because let's be honest, if you're making it to a final, it's already great. On the other hand, I hope that Shock just keeps their, uh, their uh, foot on the pedal. Until that motivation just becomes part of their regimen. Like, just, that's just what we do. We just go hard the entire time. We don't need motivation for that. And we don't need, or we, we're not discouraged or we're not changing because we won one now. But actually, that is now our modus operandi. We just go hard the, all the time. Right. And if they are able to sustain that throughout the season, a I don't think any other team like that that those both those rosters have talent pool deep enough that they will dominate in any meta if they keep those spirits in check and I also don't think other teams will get close I don't think any unlike some has it I don't I am missing that special uh ingredient for them yeah
0: so does NYXL fall cuz NYXL has always kind of been sitting at that third, second to third. You, there are parts where you could say NYXL was above the Shock, uh, certainly in stage 1. Yeah. Um but in stage 2 now especially we've seen NYXL is a team now is NYXL up there in the top caliber or now do you have S tier being Titans Shock? A tier, let me guess, Gladiators NYXL? Do you put Gladiators up there in the uh, <sighs> A tier? Are you not ready to yet?
2: That entire, like, throw Seoul in, throw uh, London in, like, to what do you even make of it? No, no. Like, but how do you match up that? Like, those teams all had performances that make absolutely no sense from the already sort of established prior we had for them. They just have break out terrible performances. And then there's also Spark. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of the teams yet. I, I think NYXL certainly is the best. Maybe even in a tier of their own. But that will, like, time will
0: tell. Where do you put Gladiators now?
2: Yeah, with uh, Gladiators, with London and Spark, I would say. And yeah. <laughs> we could argue Dallas.
0: Like B-tier? Yeah. G- at least if how we're going now, if it's S-tier, those two teams, A-tier, mm-hmm. NYXL, B-tier, those. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. All right, that's fair. Um, Any other thoughts on stage playoffs overall? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, kind London of surprising, now. the, you know, overall, I don't want to say they're a one-sided mm-hmm. In the matches, but results wise, a little one-sided for as promising as a bracket that it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, yes at the same time, there, there definitely was this aspect where either team could have taken multiple uh matches, but at the same time, it's not surprising that one team won three one or three you know or four0 yeah. or, or whatever the I forget mm-hmm. is, is it best it's best of five right in playoffs so three0 or three one. First uh, of four or first of... Uh,
1: it's first of four in the semis. First of three. The first of three in the
0: quarters. Got it.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah oh, I, man, I, I think it's too much them... to memorize, by the
1: way. Too much. <laughs> all, all of the different, you know, schedules and how things are formatted, it, it is uh, a bit annoying to keep track of. But I will say that the the middle two matches, uh, Spark, Spitfire, and Excelsior Gladiators, that could have gone either way. And I think we i think we painted that picture quite nicely obviously it didn't go as expected i think we expected london to put up more of a fight and they just didn't and we expected the gladiators to put up more of a fight and they just did i um, felt like
0: london especially had a lot of steam put behind them from like the community overall the casters yeah. the analysts uh, even us like it's, y- hard, Yiska it's hard finally not started to busting sometimes. out his london gear again and then mm-hmm. after this he said to go pack him up so, you know, he's, he's all over the place.
2: Got to hang. It's up just like.: I mean, it's just frustrating to uh, see teams so consistent. Like I, I said that I'm like, drained by soul betraying their potential. The same is true for London, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. i think um
1: as much as we want to talk about new york being inconsistent i think you could talk about a lot of different teams mm-hmm. being he says Seoul mm-hmm. london being
0: is that very inconsistent much, not more, is that, yeah. is, so is that inconsistent or is that just that there are a lot more teams that are closer than we think or maybe no i were.
1: think these are this is like big inconsistencies when you look at london and stage one or i'm sorry not stage one but season one you see their their massive peaks and valleys. Starting off the season really really well, going toe to toe with New York. Granted, this was the beginning of the league, so we didn't know exactly how strong New York was at the time. But we see New York continue their their dominance throughout the regular season. London fall off a cliff. Then they come back towards playoffs. They win the first season. Um, now we're still we're still seeing shades of that in in season two, and it's it's becoming more of a systemic problem rather than. Um, just a individual. I think something has got to give with them. Um, probably similarly with Soul and and even NYXL. Like there's there's something about the way that they're built. There's
2: something about the personnel that just isn't working. Yeah. The the thing is, honestly, I wouldn't even put NYXL in there. The only like bad performances. I wouldn't even say they played super bad at against Atlanta. They were just like out in a sense. Sometimes they play bad. Let's be honest, but that is also enforced by something that your opponent does. Sure. But um, in the playoffs, that definitely wasn't an underperformance. I think that's just what we can expect of NYXL. They are not world beaters. It's just that much of a difference between Shock and Vancouver and the rest. Like that was just an if you run this 100 times, the series. This is the average performance. That is what how good we can ex- expect on average, the NYXL to perform against one of these top two teams and shock would have smashed him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt.
0: So last question. And then I do want to move on and I'm, I'm going to double check this, this uh, just to make sure I'm not stupid. Um, <sighs> yeah. So shock stage one, go four three. Was that just a severe underperformance from shock growing into themselves? Like, why, why can a team go four three? and then go into think, a perfect seven and zero. and i think once two. they
1: realized in the finals that they actually could take teams the, the the best team in the world toe-to-toe i think that was a big realization that they came really close to doing something really great I mean, even if you go back and you look at that regular season match between san francisco and vancouver that match was pretty close like the, the scoreline does not really indicate how close that match was like right they played each other very close now well,
0: i feel like so sorry i just want to yeah. clarify one thing really quick there's this kind of answer that i always get every time it's that they had a harder schedule which no doubt stage one was a harder schedule sure but it's still like to be the best team in the world you have to win hard schedules mm-hmm, and they definitely. you know they beat titans here so there's very clearly something different than yes. than than shock stage two than from stock shock stage one. I think so. I don't. I don't they... like this the schedule argument. That feels like a really um, easy cop out to quantify yes. something that actually is probably much more deep.
1: I think once they took Vancouver so close, they came so close to actually beating such a dominant team, they go into stage two, they're, they're the kind of preparation for stage two, a lot more disciplined. Okay, this is doable. We, we came really close. We saw the finish line. If we just tighten things up, we run a tight ship, we can actually do this. And this is what happens when you have prime shock. The, the discipline was there. Yes, did they have a, a pretty questionable schedule in terms of you know how strong it was the stage? Sure, they dropped zero maps. That is a clean and disciplined team right there. Titans, again. We can talk about their them their style and how loose they play. They drop maps though. Shock. Nobody's taken a map off of us. We're going into the finals. They drop what three maps the entire playoffs. Like this is a this is a strong team. I think that was a wake-up call from stage one.
0: Fair enough. All right, I want to go into the next step here because I think we spent a little longer on that than we had originally planned. Uh, Florida mayhem continued to make moves. Signed fate last week. This week, Byram. So, is that, oh, am I saying that right? I think. Like Byram? close enough, anyways. Uh, so, uh, Byram, formerly a Blossom and NRG Esports, and uh, supposedly, or not, not even really supposedly, it's pretty kind of well known at this point. Was kind of uh removed from Blossom for boosting in a dramatic fashion, if you can um, understand Korean. Hmm. So I'd love to get your thoughts. I mean, you you two are, are the uh, Korean scholars here. So uh, when it comes to
1: never a name that inspired a lot of faith in me, I'll tell you that right now, mayhem fans, all two of you, uh, (laughs) this is not an aggressive move. I will give credit where credits due. I love the fate pickup from mayhem. I think that's, you're you're putting where your your money where your mouth is. You say you're making aggressive moves. Beautiful. Let's see it. You sign fate. Awesome. I love that move. I'm I'm excited for that. And then you go and you side Byram. Uh okay.
2: Yeah, not that, great. I I won't even I won't even insult you and pretend that I've ever watched a uh, a game of this guy.
1: And. I have, I've... it's just been through osmosis. I don't ever remember him being in the game. That's how un... I, I mean, un... it's very possible that I did watch a game of this guy, but... It, I'm sure it... you have. You just don't remember it. Yeah, yeah. There's, so, there's nothing there.
0: Yeah, the
2: thing, the, so, quick, so, sorry, go ahead. Um, I think what people told me is he's better than Hagopion. And is not by much. much. And it's, it's honestly a very uninspired pickup. Now, of course, there are be- definitely better Zen's available, also Korean ones. Uh, once again, we have to—I s- have to say it once again. Rise is still on the market; mm-hmm. he's still second in line behind Shu. He's still not making it past Shu. He's still 18, but he's probably also very well paid and also probably has a buyout. So, I understand that you don't get that go there, but yeah, it's—it's it's not like a. It's not reaching for the stars, let's say that.
0: <laughs> Which, to be fair, y- you don't have to reach for the stars to put together a w- competent team in the Overwatch League. You don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Albert Yev from uh, Assistant GM for the Florida Mayhem did say this on Twitter. He says, I've been following Byram's career for a while now. He has a ton of potential and will provide us with healthy competition in the back line as he continues to grow as a player. During trials, he meshed well with the team and we're excited to see how he can improve the team. Does that solidify any more confidence in either of you?
1: I I like the concept. I just don't. I think that's a very important role that has shown to be important throughout the last season. Um, and I don't think you can afford to skimp at it. I don't think that role's going anywhere and how important it is um, even if the supposed 222 two, two lock comes through um, I, I still imagine that the flex support is going to be a very important role to your team so I, I think that's a that's a quarterback level role that's a point guard if i'm maybe getting basketball correct you know this is a a very important role (laughs) yeah yeah, okay that you need a pitcher for instance right this this is a role you want to invest money in and and have some of the world's best talent um and, and overpay them um they got fate great awesome the other role i need is a flex support and they seemingly don't have that same philosophy.
0: Welcome to ta- Tactical Crouch by the way. Where the logic is sound and still until we start using uh sports, sports references, references yeah. and metaphors. <laughs> I'm, that, I'm just it, I'm just they're throwing all stuff out to there sh-
1: hoping you're going to like correct me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, you know, I mean, okay. Sure. Also, elephant
2: in the room here. I don't think he's good enough to warrant the the back you're buying with it. Right? Like, he has been seen accusations. Um, a little bit further than some...
0: accusations if he's being removed from a team for yes, such, yes. right? Yeah, yes.
2: I'm not sure. I'm just saying accusations. I don't want to, yeah. you know. I'm not sure on the absolute specifics of this case. Um, there's been weird stuff happening during tryouts. It's a... I don't know. I wouldn't take the risk on someone that really... Doesn't make me wake up at night. You know,
0: there's yeah. something to be said, though, about and and like you guys might just like pounce on me and like hyenas on this. But uh, Sato, obviously Sato's boosting accusations yeah. were worse, but there was very much sure. a, like, I don't know this guy. How can he be good? How can he be a main tank in Overwatch League season one? Um, OGE is not that case. He was very much the ones who's like, you know, yeah, he's a really good tank. Too bad he boosted. The one thing that I've mostly learned, at least from Western Overwatch League, uh, fans is that they don't care if you boosted as long as you play well. But if you play bad and you boosted, then you get turned into a meme. So definitely. So I mean, from that perspective, like, does it really matter if he's boosted in the past? For the majority, I don't want to say the majority, but uh, the majority of. Overwatch League fans whose tweets that we will actually see and understand uh, does it doesn't really matter if he's boosted in the past is that actually a character flaw for putting together a winning team with a uh, good attitude
1: uh, I think the whole boosting thing is a personal dilemma. I don't know that it's, it's morally gray, I'd say. Um, I, I'm pretty apathetic towards the entire idea. There's cases where I, you know, it, it comes down to the individual and how you subjectively take it. Um, I know. From ex- not experience, but historical precedents, that a lot of pro gamers aren't the most wealthy. Uh, a lot of them come from pretty uh, meager backgrounds, and, and being able to to monetize something that you have a skill in, I don't really hate, you know. Um, but I can also see other people being a little bit hog wild, playing in the uh, the kind of uh, dark alleyways and and pushing the boundaries of what is morally gray and leaning a little bit more into the. Uh, the the criminal underworld esque with the the match fixing and whatnot this it is a little bit odd but it, I think it comes down to the the individual and and how you take it and and how the player is you know what what their story is about.
0: Yiska thoughts, you good?
2: I still lack. Like, I feel I like I still lack like critical information of the things. Why Koreans? Okay, so there's one thing. You can intellectually grasp an issue. Or you can be uh, someone that... Did my Alexa just... Alexa, stop. Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great.
2: Um, you... yeah. <laughs> Great job.
0: <laughs> all right, very much. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay um you can
2: intellectually grasp a concept Mm. or you can experience it and therefore subconsciously and then also emotionally understand it and the severity that a lot of the korean players the korean community reacts to this tells me that it is probably a big deal and what i care about is having korea stay the environment to create elite level players and if the latter is suffering from this and therefore less people less talented people play overwatch as a result Mm -hmm. i care about that and therefore even though the act might not seem intellectually morally questionable to me it is still like you just have to uh, enforce behavioral things that overall make the structure weaker and i i think that is just one of the parts and uh, especially it's about the severity of the affliction as well for me sure like sure. if you boosted like three games okay yeah. if you like if you're
1: doing 120 different accounts then you know yeah, to mean, buy barciagas boosting organization like, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, you got you 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 really got to be good to to, yeah. to back that up
0: and yeah, yeah like you know, know get to season one finals i suppose if you can make it there you're fine
2: yeah at least in the west <laughs> at least, to buy balenciaga as far as i care yeah for 800 bucks that look, look like food uh, foot condoms like absolute gibberish they do look, look like moon shoes you, you know the the
1: jonak ones that that are way too big for his feet and go halfway up his shin like they look like
2: moon shoes yeah don't fall on the way to the stage dog you need those.
0: Yes, please listen to Yiska and Joe about like fashion <laughs> advice. Please, if there's two people no, no, who, who, who who like have some Yo,
1: Balenciaga some... get at me. We can make some plaid shoes. The Volumel yeah. X, you know, Gucci crossover is coming your way, you know. Watch out. Yeah. That's going to be a no for wanted me a plaid because they haven't existed yet. Just no wait, thanks. you're going to love them. <laughs> no, I wear a no vest to you. work.
0: Oh man. Okay. <laughs> No, no, thank you. All right. So, uh, by Rem to Florida mayhem, uh, kudos to Florida for trying to do something for man. trying at least trying. like, at least they're not just, you know, dragging their heels, you know, digging their heels in like the outlaws. Right. Uh, last one. And this is a pretty interesting one. Uh, the mortals organization looking to purchase, uh, infinity Esports, including, um, I believe including optic as well as, uh, the Houston outlaws. Yep, yep.
1: Uh, this so, is also
0: like so. There is something that says that the you can't a, a owner cannot own two teams. Essentially, mm-hmm. so the Outlaws would have to be sold under a different company or whatever. And I'm sure there's lots of stuff going on there. So that's interesting. Before chat bounces off and be like, "What's going to happen with the Outlaws?" Like they're going to be sold. The the Outlaws are going to yeah. be sold somewhere else.
1: Um, There's a lot of different people that I think would be interested in a fairly cheap Overwatch League roster. Like I'm sure you're getting this on a nice discount,
2: dude. If if uh, Immortals bought uh, both or both had Valiant and Houston Outlaws, they would have a total of six wins, which would still not put them in playoffs.
1: Combined
2: franchise.
1: I'm sure
0: six wins in Overwatch League worth. <laughs> <laughs> 14th
1: place <laughs> yeah 80 million dollars like that's <laughs> ridiculous like i i think there's a lot of there's a lot of like big organizations that would be interested in, in, in a, a bidding process for the houston outlaws but yeah they wouldn't immortals can't have both teams it would be a massive conflict of interest
2: and in, um yeah i was there can't work that. nope it's not, like, like- the way this is happening, though, it sort of it explains why we've seen what we're seeing. So in the other mm-hmm. franchises or in other esports, Optic is still apparently liquid in some way. So they can buy play, make play acquisitions and whatever. Just on the Overwatch League side, they haven't been able to after Dante, I think. Mm-hmm. So that, to its, I mean, if you weren't convinced that these two organizations are going to split based on that, um, that immortals is pursuing them. Then, at the latest, here is another point of evidence where you just know, okay, like there there is something going on where someone has to get the Houston Outlaws. It would be interesting to see uh, who gets them, and then that they finally get to make some make changes. of moves. I, it, then what's so you don't it? get to be a lord.
1: <laughs> that is worrisome. I, I we'll have to see exactly when this purchase takes place. How much and and what ends up happening with it because if you're going to sell to another organization okay well maybe that organization has stronger branding maybe they want to influence the the branding of the outlaws with you know their you know home team for instance let's say uh, g2 wants to come in and, and make a bid for the houston outlaws why do i want a green team our colors are like blue, yellow, white, kind of grayish, got some red. I don't know what the, what's up with the MSI jerseys, but they have their own colors. We never chose these colors. We didn't even choose the city. Are, are they going to get compensated for that? Are they going to be able to, to move around, pick their own colors, maybe even change branding? Is that no. something that's going to be happening for the branding, outlaws if they maybe. are sold? Yeah. Branding, uh, maybe, maybe not the
0: city. City, no. No way.
1: That's fair. It, but but this is gonna be a precedent being set, you know, what what happens when a team is sold? This will be the first team actually sold to new to new ownership. What goes what's the process like there? What what does this new entity get for stepping into the league? Do they get anything or do they just stuck with the same old, you know, tired branding? We'll okay. have to see. It'll be interesting.
0: Do you think the outlaws branding is tired?
1: Um yeah I'm not I wasn't a huge fan I was appreciative that they were green and not just some sort of a shade of red or blue um I think that was nice uh, I, I think there's a lot of different colors like the spark being bold with pink um, gladiators have a nice purple that is very identifiable the purple team is the gladiators the pink team is the, sh- the spark um, you can tell that in ranked you, you, you it's very bold it's very out there um, i'm it's it's fine i i just think that it would be interesting if a new organization stepped in um if they would have the opportunity to change it and if that would
0: happen i don't know Hmm. yeah i'd never liked the outlaws branding overall like it was just a little too on the nose to me and then they
1: always like miss it up too i was also like like,
0: on team nyxl and had people just trash me on twitter for for weeks be like this is the worst oh, yeah, branding yeah. i've ever seen yeah, doesn't make any sense curtain. and i'm just like doesn't right, big smart. it was really smart It's abstract go mm-hmm. away they they nailed it um yeah so anyways interesting We're, we'll definitely be keeping you all posted as far as what kind of transpires there in the end mm-hmm. um I don't know. It's not like the, the conflict of interest thing is interesting just because NetEase owns the Shanghai Dragons, who also owns Blizzard's Diablo Immortal, and also does They're the distributor all of, the, of Overwatch. All the yep, all does the Hearthstone uh, Chinese stuff. Like basically, it's Blizzard China, mm-hmm. and so it's a little bit weird from that that like that perspective of. But at the same time, it's definitely not as clear as as that, yeah. like one org clearly owning two teams. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, before we we talk about Yiska's uh, hybrid rosters and Overwatch League, we do have the All Star weekend coming up. Mini games start at six p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, with the All Star game starting at six p.m. Pacific time on Thursday uh i I think the biggest news that we saw drop this week is that uh no overwatch league players will be playing in the talent showdown uh -hmm. piece so (laughs) you know watch a couple we
1: were me and a friend you know vowels see you in the chat at least earlier um we're watching uh your boy danny limp because he'll be playing in the talent showdown, and uh, yeah, watching watching the scrims that they were having, it, it was entertaining to say the least. It was it was fun going in, hearing the comms. You know, Uber trying to like dictate the pace. Semler tilting off the face of the earth. You know, love him, but you know, uh, you know, <laughs> every, there's only so much a man can take. You know, when you have a, a you know a a higher rated player on the other team, just kind of reflecting your uh, proximity minds into your grill. Um, but it was funny. You know, Danny. Uh, you know, he he plays Overwatch sometimes. He tries, he tries, and he's very very lovable. And uh, we'll, we'll have to see what exactly happens. But. Uh... <laughs> All right. it'll, be, it'll be interesting I would say I, I'm much more interested in that rather than the All-Stars I'm, I'm interested in the talent showdown I am I
0: really the- interested this will kind of validate our feelings a little bit what the All-Star <laughs> game viewership looks like on Twitch versus the talent throwdown sure. or whatever they're calling it I personally think that we might see a world in which the talent showdown thing actually sees more viewership than the really? the actual All-Star game itself Hmm.
1: I I do not share that opinion, but it'll be interesting if saying, that's
0: the case. I, I could be completely off base here, but man, they're a number one. They've been hyping Twitch it up maybe. on their Twitter way more. Sure. Uh, Twitch and again, Twitch maybe, including the because I think it's on ESPN over the weekend. Mm. Um, in Disney XD, so. Uh, to be fair, like that, that could be totally different. I don't know how those demographics sure. work and how it would they be interact to with be social fair. media and everything. With else, all but... the,
1: the the people coming out of the woodworks to tell me that, you know, the, the Vancouver Titans are my favorite team. And uh, we only vote these players in because we hate goats. And then hearing a pushback against that, again, I'm still trying to figure out what the community thinks. It's, it's, uh, you're a fickle bunch.
0: So it's, it's
1: just figuring out which what who who am I talking to today? You know the, the collective definitely does not have a singular opinion, which is nice, but uh, um, it, it's tough to pinpoint where where m- the majority sits most of the time.
0: All right, <laughs> wait, the community thinks. Nice one, IBBP twenty six. There is thought there. Um,
1: yeah. I don't have to agree with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. Here's the big, the big one on the day. Uh, so Yiska made a tweet, and uh, man, I gotta remember. I want to remember the exact right words so I don't butcher it. Um, so Yiska says, "Do do do." Uh, long term mixed teams will be the way to go. No additional clarification. I asked, um, "What what does long term mean?" He responds, next season, I think much of my argument for it relies on League structure. So, Yiska believes that the future of Overwatch League is with mixed rosters. And uh, I want to I discuss this a little bit more because I may not be totally convinced, which is probably already a point in your favor. <laughs> uh, so, Yiska... Uh, tell us a little bit more what what do you mean by a mixed rosters Uh, i want to know what mixed rosters mean what long term means and what that success like how you're um, measuring that success is it just in viewership numbers is it in just overall (laughs) competitive viability of games is that a like who determines the competitive viability of games that kind of stuff
2: Okay, so mixed rosters for me and we, we we have to be honest, mixed rosters will predominantly be Koreans and some. So, uh, some Korean players, simply because for their proven, it's unarguable at this point that there's something and I don't even want to argue what it is. I just can observe that there's something there that makes them consistently be the best at Overwatch. So, That will be the bare bones or backbone of um, every team that wants to win the league, I think. And then the uh, other half of the team, and I don't want to, you know, be rigid in the half-half or whatever. But the other half would then be the national nationality where this organization is from, or you can also have European players because they most of them speak perfect English. So there's little cultural and um, language barriers there. So in terms of long term, why I said what I said is because some parts of my argument rely upon the new structure being in in place in the way we imagine it to be next year, meaning we're traveling most of the year. for uh, So like they said, 14 home games that would make it 14 away games if they keep it at 14. I'm not sure how, um, how rigid they are on these numbers. They've said stuff like this in the past, and then it was completely turned around. So that I wouldn't you know, nail myself to that number. But I think what we're not going to see is a circuit that moves around from arena to arena. I think we're going to see home games much more frequently than that. And that in itself requires certain things. We, we can start with visas, right? So you start of the season and you probably want your core players in the Koreans already established, already geared out with visas because your only way to feasibly fix, short-term fix your team and affect your season is otherwise to get Koreans from other teams or Koreans that have previously been in the United States because we can presume that your team has to travel through the United States in order to get to these other nations. Also has probably had some a uh, different visa. We can also talk about I'm not sure do you need a work visa if you have to be in the US for 6 teams or more on depending on your schedule. That those are questions to be answered. Why we need st- bench
0: by the way. <laughs> this is why we need bench here.
2: Yes. I I still think that especially if you're a home Amer- American team like, of course, you will spend most of your year practicing in America. So these need to be, have the visas. I think visas is a huge uh, thing. Like, currently, so many trades are impossible because they wouldn't take effect uh, uh, until it's too late in the season if you are a team currently trying to still get into the playoffs or the play right? So that is one thing what I mean in long term because this doesn't affect it currently as much Because it will be even more severe than it is currently.
0: So, so the the one major question I think I have about this, and this isn't really, I I think it's probably an obvious one, is language barriers. So, uh, so just like, is, is language barriers you think just not as big of a deal as people make it out to be? Is the overall curve of that really forgiving whereas once it's kind of established that you're probably going to work with people who communicate in a different language than you that you know in baseball for example there's a lot of people from especially like south america who are amazing at baseball who speak little to no english uh come up here play baseball hit dingers pitch strikeouts and no problem baseball doesn't quite need the communication levels that Overwatch does. But there is this concept of, you know, these players as well being, you know, raised in the Dominican Republic are learning English terms almost from the beginning, even like in very poor parts of the country who have strong, quote unquote, baseball training programs mm-hmm. or whatever. So, you know, is, so what about the the idea of language barriers for um going against mixed rosters because that that's still like it's one thing if you know from the age of 10 playing baseball that you're good enough to be in the major leagues and Mm -hmm. that you're going to play with a lot of americans it's another thing or in america uh it's another thing to uh, play video games decide that you're good at it boom you're on a contenders team that's all korean uh for the most part smattered eu na people in there but very limited and then, boom, two months later, you're in Overwatch League and you're in L.A. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So there I have a little expertise, at least in teaching people English. Now, of course, I'm not an expert in how hard it is to teach someone from an Asian country English. But I, I would comfortably say if you really want it as an organization and you find out rather early in the off-season that you do want a Korean player. And that would also be, in my mind, the given. You start with those three Korean players and then build the rest of the team around it. Unless you already have a, um, you know, an a American player or whatever your current nationality is, and that's your franchise player, that works as well. But I think it's very possible to speak a very serviceable level of English within six months if you really wanted it with daily language lessons and whatever. I've done it um, for at least Eastern Europeans where it works. Of course, that might be my ignorance in not knowing the linguistic differences, um, syntax, and uh, certainly can throw a wrench into learning it. And then also um, like letters and whatever. But still, I think it's very possible to be serviceable. And then, honestly, the one thing that I have to say is, and when you teach languages and when you learn languages, you realize that a lot of language learning is also learning culture. Mm -hmm. Because language reflects culture in a way, right? So the idioms that you have tell you something about the fabric of this nation in some way, right? So, um It is also important to acclimate people to culture as much as uh, that is possible, right? So to make them feel at home and whatever, right? Now, that is certainly a challenge. Yes, that is. But that is one of the only challenges you can realistically field as to say that uh, um, a pure Korean roster is always going to be uh, superior. That's fair my i I think my
1: biggest problem from this is that conceptually it uh, sounds great i i I think there's a lot of holes there i i think that like you mentioned um language does reflect culture and my my biggest thing when it comes to to language barriers aren't necessarily in-game translating and in-game you know understanding it's everything that happens out of the game we're trying to explain complex ideas to players that might not be able to, to understand that and do you have the right personnel it, for me it comes down to the personnel i don't think we can make sweeping strokes and say that everybody again yes is, is going to do this i think that um, some teams that have chosen this identity Yes. If invest in, enough into it, like you mentioned before previously on the other show, like you have to invest and you have to kind of double down on, okay, we're going to be a hybrid team. What do we need to make that a success? If you're going to be an all-Western team, that can work as well, but you also have to invest into it. I don't think this is just a best-case scenario for everybody in the league. That's, that's where I would ask for clarification. Do you think this is the best-case scenario? Do you think that hybrid rosters are the best, period, or do you think it's based individual case by case?
2: Uh, okay, the only case where I don't think it is is Soul Dynasty, because they don't have to make that like a lot what of the titans. Factors, no, t- titans. Okay, titans. Just in the sense, this is not a long-term investment for them. They will have to consistently like refuel this roster. Yes, it has been very long-term, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I still think that eventually someone is going to dip in. in uh, performance, and I also also th- also think multiple people will dip uh, fairly similarly uh, across the season eventually, and then refilling with Koreans only it still feels like for re- other reasons I will mention further down the conversation. Sure, is that I still think at this point you still want to bring in uh, players from your regional background. Just because, not just because of the marketing thing, which is of course a huge bonus, mm-hmm. but I actually think there are gameplay related uh, aspects to it, and quite some. I think you'd be, I, I think teams
1: would be doing a disservice to themselves if you're taking a system that's been proven to work um for example right let's take the the vancouver titans or maybe even the nyxl for instance Um, obviously all korean all korean coaching staff have no infrastructure to support a western player kind of uh, breaching into the team um you decide that uh okay great we need to move to english because the travel is going to be too grueling in 2020 now you have to make three or four have to completely change you have to rethink maybe not change we have to rethink what you're doing with the team i i think there's a lot that goes into it i think this is just a case by case long term i still think it's a case by case everybody um th- it, by 2020 i will say that i think teams have to figure out what they want to do and if you're still unsure then you're gonna fail
0: well, I also think that the idea here is how do we get the most talented roster to play at once? And assuming yes. that the most talented roster only speaks one language is, at the very least, super limiting, right? And and I definitely yeah. see that perspective. Is the best talent is Korean? The best talent is uh, American. The best talent True. is German. Lulls mm. in the chat. Uh just kidding. Sorry, Iska. Um the Yeah, never is It's it's just not it's just some it's of them. B- some of the best GM and coaching talent though is, my god. Uh so um <laughs> uh, besides that, they're really good at telling people what to do. Um so there there's this idea of how can can you adapt an organization? to accept the largest amount of talent without having these cultural differences um, mm. like, like effects yeah. at a level that would cause you to play worse than you would if everyone spoke the same language mm-hmm. and we've seen it work successfully in sports. So you're definitely not like uh, totally baseless and in, in the sense of having an idea of like this works elsewhere. There is there is still a really kind of raw, and and kind of undefined talent gap that we still see even in competitive, um, Overwatch League, but just competitive Overwatch in general, where you still have teams going zero and seven with Korean players, that are also teams going yeah. seven and zero that are completely split. I mean, the shock, the shock Titans are essentially two teams. To Battling your best examples this, for either side. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Best philosoph- the best of both philosophy here.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, even, I I have to agree that just based on empirical evidence, one has to say that currently, still in the system, pure Korean ta- teams have historically done better. And that is true for London. Spitfire last season, and YXL, now the Titans. Uh, is there another full Korean roster that certainly not so... Old. Uh, yeah, but in general, like there's there's less negative um, examples of pure, pure Korean roster. Sure, it's it's just I th- again the the structure will change so much next season, and of course, crucially for me, what I'm more and more realizing is that it isn't necessarily about the players. For me, it a lot relies on the coaching, mm-hmm. and. For the coaching to be Korean, that seems to be an important aspect of, of coaching, it's at least in some parts. I also think that the idea that to have two coaches in sort of a similar position, or two coaches that just share responsibility, one Western, one uh, Korean, that work together and don't let that divide happen is very important. And to, sort of to like mesh these cultures it is hard, not, not going to lie, but it's it, it's probably also more challenging than having a homogenous roster in that regard. But the upsides of having that work, just like, the, look at the current season, right? There are currently, Sinatra is my season MVP so far. Sure. Super is arguably the best main tag in the league. Moth is the top three main support. Was that true? That's also a copy-pasta
0: from last year <laughs> like i swear that's a copy pasta from last year
2: yeah that eventually came true
0: yeah. and under
2: and we have to say crusty but also junk, uh, junk box uh, guidance and shoe i i think it's also one of the analysts mm-hmm. but just like a a really diverse roster you by the way you can also look it up in every industry but diversity of opinion and of backgrounds is valued the value of that company goes up it's a it's an absolute economic reality of performance you cannot yeah. deny it i don't care about your personal po- politics that is just empirically true and that in itself just like the cross-pollination of ideas of cultural aspects of maybe maybe you know if you have leadership that can tame the undesirable uh, parts of one's own upbringing and then bring it out in the other guy that's lacking in another in another area or in, in to cross-pollinate in that regard, right? It also makes your it raises the uh, level or the desirability, the market price of your players. Dude, even like Sinatra displaying that he's able to play amongst Koreans, if you now wanted to sell off to a purely Korean team in order to get that hybrid roster, his market price certainly is inflated by that variability, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it, it, there it makes sense. It makes sense because the Korean talent pool is not an endless well. It will... It, it's almost... It, okay, it looked drier than it I now does. Right? Right. But eventually... Overwatch, it's it's probably also not about the player numbers. Korea keeps surprising. At the start of this contender season, I wasn't convinced. I'm still very... I, I will debate everyone who tells me that these last two contender seasons were as good as they were uh-huh. beforehand. That's yeah. simply not true. There's certainly a degradation of talent. And also because probably co- coaches have been siphoned out of that season. Yes. Right? So
1: I I think that's the biggest problem with all of this is that it has little to do with the players. It has more to do with the market demand of the players. And by proxy, you need someone to coach them. And there just isn't enough coaches to go around. And that's why this was my big problem with when Mayhem decided they were going to go full Korean. Okay, you now have to pay. Almost an inflated value for a lot of these players, because they're going to be scouted by a lot of different teams, because a lot of different teams have either full Korean or partially Korean rosters, where there is comparable talent elsewhere that you could get on the, the cheap and be able to find a coach to coach them on the cheaper, right? It doesn't make sense financially in terms of just pure capital that, again, you're kind of just bleeding here, Um I don't think the talent, I think the talent is degrading. I will say that. Um, but I don't, I don't know if but I'm that willing.
0: Yeah, of that, course. That like, happens in a situation like this where you all of a sudden open, you open up the ceiling for a new elite tier of mm-hmm. players, right? You got the lower scenes, but they, they fill themselves out. The question definitely. isn't if it's when, Like, Korea meets demand, and if EU and NA and China, um, Mm -hmm. and honestly, even, like, South America, can, like, catch up to that before uh, Korea, quote-unquote, refills, right? Because there's there's still a pretty well-established like hierarchy isn't the right word, but uh, I'm going to use it anyway. Uh, hierarchy of like these, these players eventually kind of come in, these coaches eventually kind of come into these roles and, you know, find a way to uh, normalize what will, mm-hmm. and, and bring it up to the level that an Overwatch league team is going to go. Yep. I want that. So, that that ends up being the question is is yeah you're right Korea was in many ways gutted of their best talent, sure. as was NA, as was EU, but to a lesser extent, right? They to didn't, a, yeah, so, to a lesser extent. There wasn't besides I mean, like misfits, right? Like misfits, I think is the only. Full and then Paris, on... like a couple. Paris people. a little but, bit. You had uh, envious a little bit, but like sure. you didn't really have full Western rosters getting picked up in the way that you had london I mean, houston you did, had soul
1: it wasn't anywhere near like I, I would say that yeah houston full sale like f energy for the most part i think they added a couple people but for the most part it was yeah, like that I was guess. the core but I even guess. then like would you say that that was the best that NA they had to offer i guess at the time maybe that was you know amongst one of the the top teams but You never took the coach. There was, you know, who knows what ended up happening with that. But it seems like there is going to be a a, there's going to have to be a change if it is a hybrid move. um, I assume that more teams are going to be filling out their bench, too. Uh, Kind of answer a lot of these same questions that Yisk is posing towards the midseason. I think you're going to see teams just add midseason talent. Look at the fuel. You know, they like their contenders main tank. What do they do? They bring him up. Doesn't mean he's going to see a ton of playing time. But if the case arrives in 2020 when we're traveling, maybe OG gets his visa a little late. Maybe there's a flight delay and they have to play. I think his name's Trill. He's fine. right? He's a good main tank. He'll be scrimming with the team. Will he see starting time? No, but you're going to need that bench to rely on because travel is a logistical nightmare. Simple as that.
2: Also, are you ready for a yes analogy?
0: Go for it, my brother. Okay. (sighs) Here we go. I'll just start it now. Go ahead. Okay. Alright.
2: So, think of a player as like a PC that should run your games, right? And there's like talent and that is like the the makeup of this player just the talent that he is whatever it's given by right? that's the hardware then there's like the the work ethic like the moral code the drive and that's all the BIOS and then there's the software and that's put on by the coach to like run strategy and run like uh, micro play whatever and this is very annoying by the way (laughs) the sound, Sorry. <laughs> um, the, you know, the, the software, right? Does anyone really believe that Koreans have better hardware? Fuck no, dude. Get the fuck out, you racist piece of shit. All right. So then, yes, they might have a bias advantage. They might have something uh, that is, um, yeah, being the most like, technologically advanced
0: country in the world, second <laughs> above yes. above the rest of us anyways, like what China.
2: So what is the solution? You upgrade the BIOS and you upgrade the software. Meaning you get coaches in and you get leadership in that fundamentally changes the way how they run. And how do you do that? Money. Dude, there's two things that <laughs> Money. That's <laughs> so American of you. Thank you very much, Mr. Capitalist. Um, no, but there's, like, as a, as a teacher, again and again, when students fail, right, they have to repeat a class. Mm-hmm. Here in Germany, you have to have, like, a three or four um, performance level system where when you don't do well, you go, like, down one level. And whenever a child drops one level... And they're completely destroyed, and they lose all their friends from school or whatever. The thing I tell them is, you get into that class, and you sit on the nerd table. You look around the classroom, and you tell me who the best players are. And through this social environment of do, identifying as, like you know, like someone who's the best in class and who studies you actually start becoming that the power of identity and the power of social environment so now these players from na are also already being raised among Mm -hmm. and by people that Create those social amendments that create drive, that create a structure that has been monumental for Korean esports uh, success, right? So, we're upgrading the BIOS for, for these players, we're upgrading the software. Things that we didn't, like, that wasn't accomplished as much in esports history, and players really had to hard code themselves when Western players w- wanted to uh, compete with Koreans in the past. Now, we have the infrastructure to get all the software updates around the world. So. I hope I didn't lose anyone in this analogy, but I I think it's honestly at this time we we now, and I'm not saying every Overwatch League team does, Mm -hmm. but certain Overwatch League teams have demonstrated that they do have the resources and the willingness to um, invest the resources to make it so that we can have these players work, that we can have the best player in the world, Sinatra, at some point in time mm-hmm. that hasn't been true like tell me when when an american was the best player in the world last time i don't think i can even make out an error other than maybe sure for maybe. in beta there Going was 2015
0: uh, yeah okay fair i want to say there was there was some moments where jake on genji was pretty nah. dude Come at uh, me, man! Come, like a
1: Reddit All Star. Come oh, like at the me, man! That never was Korea during that time. <laughs>
0: that, that's fair, though. Never played no. Korea. That's or fair. Yeah. No. yeah, that's. Jim. I mean, oh, sorry, Korea Apex. They're they're the same. Yeah, uh, yeah that's fair. I Upgrade guess. your BIOS, yeah, kits. Right. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. so. I,
1: I think th- now we're kind of coming. And again, I agree with you. Like conceptually, this all sounds great. But what happens when we don't have the people to identify good bio? What happens when we don't have the people? you fire the
2: fucking them? hack j- engineers.
1: <laughs> you gotta fire. Him. Fire.
0: Bring <laughs> a. <laughs> but
1: who? Make who who do you? Who do you bring in then? There's only so many people that are damaged.
2: Uh, okay, then we go back to their wells empty. Now what? No, we haven't. We haven't gone at the well of talent scouts in Korea. We've gone in at the well of coaches. And by sure. the way, we have not even gone at the well of talent scout in the West. No. Yes. I, I,
1: <laughs> that is in like, itself is a problem. Talent scouting is a problem. I think that's a whole yeah. other discussion, but. I don't think talent scouting is the, the dilemma here. It's building a successful environment. That is running low in numbers. There's only so many successful Korean coaches that you can say, okay, you have a track record to prove that you can provide a meaningful environment, and you can build a meaningful environment no matter where you are. There's only so many people that can do that. So you're either taking a chance on somebody that says they can, but their track record isn't uh, as perceived, or you take somebody that has a, an experience building, but maybe doesn't have the success as much as the other person. So there is a trade-off that I think we're just kind of glossing over and, and saying, again, in concept, this would be great. If we can just do this... That that'd be beautiful. I think there's a lot of logistics that make it harder than it seems.
2: You know what the actual tragedy is? You know how that talent agency thing that GGA tried to do with like Alakus back in the day, where they got multiple teams in. Imagine if Huck was the guy they asked. Dude, we would be swimming in it right now. Like, <laughs> how dope
1: it, that would it be. certainly would uh, would help. It would incentivize people to at least trust the system.
0: I have a question. Sure so who who ultimately though ends up scouting the scouts and then from there who scouts the scout scouts yes
1: it all comes back to one place john i'll let you figure that out for yourself korea what nope
0: money Nope.
1: uh (laughs) you can you can you can i'll I'll let you i'll let you go down this line you're a scout
0: (laughs) who scouts you how much how much? So who's, who scouts you? I don't know. How much you want?
1: It's, it's not a question
0: of bomb how much you want? You want like five hundred thousand no no dollars when you put me together? To
1: who's recommending you to the other person? Bare hands. Who was who is bare re- recommended by?
0: Money. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, I
1: don't, we're we're going way off here.
0: Yeah, I have no, no. idea what you're trying to you tell think, me. I
1: I think this always goes back to Blizzard. You these teams Blizzard don't now. know what they're doing. Especially some of these troops. They're getting better, though. Come in. They are. They Money's are getting I smarter. I, I think with time, the scouts, who scout the scouts, will improve. you also know what it up.
0: actually is, which is dumb? Is it money? Content. Oh. It's like, actually, people have gone out there and said, this team's going to be good, or this player's going to be good. It's, play, it's people who have gone out and done that on their, like, effing Weebo's and YouTube channels mm. and whatever. And I've said, mm. like, honestly, there's, there's a big part of it, right? Like, does Harsha get a job if he doesn't That's, have his YouTube videos? Well, probably, <laughs> Dude, probably not. Like, In season one. Does he? It, probably not right away. Probably he, not. He was so Playing, close. Same thing.
2: Dude. Harsha is a top three talent scout in Overwatch, and he was very close to not getting an Overwatch League uh, uh, job.
0: I know. I would say that there is a very real... It it literally comes down to if, if, if Joe gets an OWL analyst position, which he should, if Joe gets an OWL analyst position, it will be because of the things that he said and the talent that he has recognized publicly ahead of time because that's all people still have to go off of. In too many cases, in too many cases. So, um, yeah, anyways, uh, th- that's something totally different. But like it's right now, the scouts and the scout scouts out- outside of Korea are either affiliated with a team that does well mm-hmm. or they are a person who has publicly told people who's going to do well uh, before or as it happens
1: but those people are again that that comes back to like the you then have to take a chance on that person. You then have to say you don't have any track record of success. Mr. Twitter analyst, you have made some some pretty bold predictions. You've made some claims that That's why I'm never getting an analyst
0: an analyst job by the way.
1: And this is this is something that's thematically throughout the league. I keep telling everybody you follow the coaches, the players are going to follow, right? if you see a coach they've worked with so many other different players those players are going to follow them to these teams it's a safety net environment that they've created they don't want to be they don't want to take risks because this is still a formative year within the overwatch like they can't afford to take risks yet we don't know if this is even going to work so we have to uh be aggressive and and try to you know find a solid baseline we can't go for the 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 plays that we would if we knew this was going to be you know a a 20 year 30 year uh esports game i I, it's i and i sympathize with that but there there has to be somebody who does take that chance there has to be a team there's too many teams that there's not enough positions uh, there's too many positions and not enough people to fill them, so you're going to have to fill them with somebody, or you're just going to fail.
0: I do want to clarify one thing because I'm I'm worried that people are going to take what I just said about Harsha and Flame out of context and say that the only reason why they got a job is because they made YouTube nah. videos. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's that's not so. what I'm saying. I'm yeah, saying yeah. with is when you when you are a GM or a CEO mm-hmm. or whatever, and you're like, I who do I pick to pick my roster for me because. Dude, you know that Andy Miller isn't scouting people for energy in mm-hmm. the shock. He's not doing it. He's going, I need somebody who knows this. And basically, through whoever mean, whatever means necessarily, go and find people who have proven themselves to be able to do that. One of the easiest ways to prove is just be like, look at what they've said and look what's happened. One to one. They're smart. They are yeah. definitely both very, very, very much qualified for the positions that they're in, at least in this respect.
1: Speaking of, uh, Shock is a beautiful example because I don't think Sefi of the Atlanta Rain gets enough credit for kind of helping to shape how that team has looked in season Who Who decides that they're going to take a chance on two underage players, not let them, you know, uh, that are unable to play for the first, what, two stages of season one? and then have middling results
0: boom Yep.
1: it's it's impressive to set them in the right direction with certain players i think that's that's that needs to be recognized and i think that's um kind of fighting against the grain of what was said at the end of last season oh it was a waste you can't afford to invest in players like that well apparently You know, these are two players that have been incredibly formative with how successful they are in season two. So I don't know uh, that the community is entirely wrong. But I think there is a a grain of wrongness there that if a player is good enough, you can invest in them and sit them on the bench and just just wait. They will if, if the scouts right and if they scout the good the best player. Things can happen, like the the shock from season one to season two. That yep. that that is a, an interesting or an important investment, I should say. Yeah.
2: Uh, what I will say is, one thing that is also incredibly important, just like as a mantra for the entire scene, is to say, take recommendations seriously. Don't only nepotistically, if that is the adjective that, for that suggest actually yeah <laughs> actually adverb uh <laughs> for um like don't just recommend your friends because they're friends mm-hmm. like be very sure that they are able to hold that job and also compare that to the um to the environment they're in Nobody gets to deserve a job because he's a friend of mine. That is not how... Do you,
1: do you really think that that's the case? We'll go on a tangent here. Do you really think that that's the case that everybody that talks about nepotism is literally talking about how their friends are only in it? you know when when Mm. there's so many different cases i think this is again going back to my safety net it's somebody that they know that they can work with they know they have talent because they've worked with them before and they know how they act so they can set up an environment just do i think this player they have a better read on this player instead of taking a risk on somebody who might be marginally better but might not fit within the team atmosphere you look at Dallas, for instance right do you bring in do you bring in zachary or do you go out and find somebody else that's better at the role well, Zachary, I've worked with Zachary before, is, you know, I'll, I'll play Arrow here. I mean, that
2: is... No, no. Hiring knowns where you but, think... But is that, that is nepotism? Because I think people no. conflate the two. No, 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 no. I think no. they they're say, oh, well, also, that's just a friend. They've, they're friends. They're, they just bring them on. They're saying outlaws here, that I mean outlaws. Mm-hmm. I don't mean outlaws per se. I will say Baroy could have gotten dozens of people employed this offseason. And he only ever felt confident to recommend, like, two people. And then when when the person that asked them for advice, like, moved the goalpost a little bit and said, maybe, is there someone with this skill set? Maybe he widened his range a little bit. He didn't get people employed just because, like, he's friendly with them or, like, has a friendship with them. He actually recommended people and... Like gave solid advice based on the best of his ability, and that's all I'm asking. I'm not say telling you that sure, of course of like course. you should hone your skills in, in like judging your friends or whatever, mm. but be realistic and like try to be outside the um Possible or take an honest look at the possibilities because you're also not helping your friend if you're being honest. Oh, of course, like yeah, you're throwing yeah, them the in worst the worst thing that could happen.
1: Yeah, you that's the worst thing that could have happened. You don't want to, bl- you have to time when you, you know, uh, evolve and, and blow up. Like, you don't need that that early in your career, you don't need it, uh, that late. You have to find that, that middle ground that is the right place, the right time. I have the time, I have the resources to be able to invest into that. Um, it, it's it's a it really is timing thing you can't do it too early
2: straight up we're not big enough as an industry not wealthy enough as an industry to have this kind of redundancy we need mm-hmm. very very competent people in every position or it will hurt we're also not established yes.
0: enough to uh yes. recognize competency
2: that's yes, exactly yeah. that
1: that again back to my scout the scouting scout right? We don't have the sit. We don't have the foundation. is almost
0: more important than the scout at this point. Right? Like we've seen this this multiple times. This is
1: completely Yiska's point. This is, this is something that he's coined that that I'm, I'm fully Mm -hmm. on board with. That is probably the most important investment that you can make in a team. Regardless of player, you need somebody. If this is going to be a franchise league that can identify people that can build environments to, we need not only the individuals, but finding the individuals to help build you that environment. That's by the way, I think Volomel and count.
0: Yiska would be really good at that. If I'm gonna be building <laughs> no. an owl team, so Trevor May is gonna, you know, get his Seattle team, Yiska and Volumel right there, dude. Front office, we're the fats. Let's we're go, the fat. let's the f-ing go.
2: No, but the if we the need thing- someone to
0: host those uh, local events, though. You remember. <laughs> who recommended dude you? that
2: that is the beauty of esports because the who scouts the scout that the scout scouts but at the end of every Gosh. line there is games and there are victories that you can apply to someone down the line yep. that is empirical evidence that actually over a, res, a respectable amount of time has brought the victi- victories Mate is one such person with second win that like had them way longer. Once again, in my opinion, has made a team overperform over their talent level in contenders. Second wind as an organization, whoever does whatever they're doing for them to be able to stay competitive with as much poaching as is going on. Maybe he's not good at contracts, but he's certainly good at looking at talent. Mm -hmm. I
0: need to, I need to ask this question then though, because that there's another name that comes up with the inverse of, of, uh, people who have gone from teams who maybe have quote unquote overperformed to now teams who are underperformed. Uh bare hands, right? So you have bare hands coming from NYXL, who mm-hmm. is a team that obviously did very well in season one. You bring him to the mayhem and you see uh plateau if you're being um completely optimistic. You could even say got worse. Um, from the end of season one to uh, season two. So is there a world in which the GM can actually not affect the team as much as uh, we're uh, postulating here?
2: Okay. Definitely. Can I just go in outright? If this second rebuild fails, yeah, you go. this project is done.
0: That's fair. If,
2: like, if there's... Okay, in sports you continuously will have managers that because people also in startups realize through failure if the person has demonstrated an ability to learn then that is not a loss and you can reinvest in him. so if this rebuild looks better because they learned from from the certain things and they become more competitive and there is a trajectory a noticeable one to think, then the doubts are gone right or not, not Completely gone, but you can continue a working relationship. If this is the same train wreck, you're gone, mate. That just now has I, to happen. I
1: see some. I, I see you chat talking about budgets now. Let me make this very clear. There are teams that are doing infinitely better than the mayhem with very tight budgets. That that exists. So it's yes. not a budget question. Mayhem it's,
0: it's do direction. not have a not tight budget. To be fair,
1: my yes. knowledge. It that is also like true. They're no, no, about no. middle of the pack in terms of budget,
2: so i'm um, I'm not sure if that's true, but I will like we had my um mineral on. sure, it's not, you know him being the only coach, they didn't make considerably much more resources available to the team. They're still probably in the bottom third of uh, like investment. I know but that, at the same I, time, so is
1: Boston. yeah, exactly. that's that's obviously the standout and take boston
0: out of though because that's part of like going into the boston org right
1: that's part of being a a new
0: england patriot you know it's just like you're gonna get underpaid you're gonna get overworked but you're a win damn it like that's just like kind of part of the thing there and so like and
2: yeah but why is that not the requirement for mayhem I think because they that's got not it. what they built their. Yes, they've they've taken. And there's they not. Built it's to not like or... there's.
0: It's not like there's a spreadsheet somewhere where all the, the GMs get to see how much everybody is spending on their roster.
2: No, that's true. Like uh, that is. It's definitely we're talking about like things that we do know or think we know in terms of uh, what they're being paid. Yeah. Some things get offered, and then we extrapolate. Based on that idea. Like, so, of course, NYXL possible. might have
0: said, let's just spend as much money as possible. Let's just spend yeah, as, much as, as much money as possible to win. Look at because that's what the other teams are going to do. So, how much can we afford on a roster? Okay, we yeah. can spend $5 million. All right, let's spend $5 million. Whereas Boston might have been like, you know what? Let's let's find the best talent here. I don't think everybody's yes. just going to go and look for who's the biggest names here and they're going to be fought from. How much of a difference is there there? Like, there's. Definitely philosophical difference, and we're not old enough of a league to be able to, like, say which one is right or wrong.
2: No. Yeah, I mean, it, certainly there's some, in German we said "Welpenschutz," Like, for, you know, yeah, there's this... "Welpenschutz."
0: Welpenschutz.
2: Yeah. yeah, big okay. apes, Dank clouds. No, it has
0: nothing to do with vaping. shoes, Like for
2: puppies. Puppies. So... Puppies You've rarely get bitten because there's this thing in their face that makes them cu- you're cute to mammals. Right. And Joe has that, yeah. Yes, and he will never outgrow it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's why m- women only call him cute, never hot. Um, <laughs> oh
0: no! <laughs> Friend zone on a podcast with two other dudes. Let's go.
2: I say not being in a relationship. Okay, um, but. Basically, yes, because the industry is so young, people should assume Weltenschutz at this point for some of these uh, people that run into a honestly pretty new system for you know the entirety uh, of, like, it's very, very new grounds and there's new metrics and it's all hard. Yes, but again, I have to be very unfair and require you to be the absolute most talented people on your team if you want to be a GM. Fair.
0: All right. There's a couple of mailbag questions. We have to go through these quick because we're already going long and I don't want to go much longer, but they were really good questions. So I want to go through these really quick. First from Beardy McBeardface in the uh, Overwatch League daily Discord, which is still a thing, but not really. Go to Yiscord. Go to Yiscord. That that's my go to. Like that's where I've I've like said. You know what? Tactical crouch is going to live here. Uh, and but this was a really interesting one. At least from the answer, uh, Mayhem has a minimal chance of making playoffs this year. And Fate, being a season one player, has his contract expiring at the end of the season. Wouldn't the Mayhem be better served by acquiring upcoming talent that they can lock in for the next two to three years? and build up for season 3 and 4 signing a tank who is going to be sought after by other teams and probably going to command a fairly high salary seems like a big risk he may just get picked up by another team in the off season what do you what do uh what do the mayhem gain from this long term yiska you're the one who provided some insight into this questions so and maybe where some uh uh Correct uh, incorrect misconceptions came about
2: okay, can you elevate that explanation real quick? You just got a message it was important.
0: okay, fair enough. Sorry. so Yisk's mom DMing yes. during the show, yeah. uh Yisk, mama, come on, let's go. Uh, so it was the questions about signing fate in the middle of a season when yes. they had perceived that their their contract is expiring at the end of the season. Okay,
2: all right, I remember Okay, so one thing I'm not sure of if that actually works at all, if that's even possible in the Overwatch League based on the contract structure from all contracts I've seen, contracts aren't bought out, contracts are re-signed and therefore the new duration of the contract starts uh, running up again, now that doesn't mean that it is impossible, I don't know I'm not a lawyer, definitely t- don't take my word for it I'm just saying, based on the contracts I've seen so far, where people switch teams, existing contracts don't run up the signing with the first org. They start up forever, whatever the duration is with the new organization.
1: Now, the second part to that question, is it worth it to sign Fate, who may be a hot commodity, or is it worth it to sign for next season, to invest in talent and scout talent now, to do so in the future and why don't we see teams do that more
2: I have my uh, opinion but again we'll start with so, that I mean the meta's changed so wildly like in my mind signing fate maybe that is dude I'm still not convinced if superstars are burning as long as we think or if, if superstars actually blow up in a miraculous supernova and nobody ever sees them again right it's it's very possible that the life half uh, life half time of a star player half is half lifetime. Co- is that Oh, oh is a okay. half life. Yeah, yeah shelf yeah. life. Yes, um, of a of an Overwatch D player is fairly limited. Also, depending on what kind of matters we're playing, how often the game switch changes, what other massive uh, changes to the game are common. Even we can even talk about what about Overwatch two possibly down the line, right? Stuff like this, really where
0: yes, it, we can. Joe, Overwatch two is happening next year and a half by BlizzCon next year. If we don't have Overwatch two,
1: I'd be willing to say this year. I think uh, you probably okay. hear something. Okay, or, I was just going to say I was going to Lord bet of you large there. I
0: was going to Lord. Yeah, lure I'd, bet I'd be you there. I'd
1: be willing to take or. Agree with you, so okay. no bad.
0: All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Just little bit.
1: It's me. <laughs> I'm cute though. Remember that. You are cute. I'm a cute. And y- Yiska
0: is like right. Yiska is the guy your mom wants you to date. No. No, no, not Yiska, sorry. Volumel. Volumel, not Yiska. Joe. Yes. <laughs> F- you that. yes. No. Yeah. 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 Joe is is the guy your mom wants you to date. Yeah. Yiska is the guy you end up I'll dating. I'll take that. Yiska is yeah. the guy you end up dating. The, the,
2: Joe is someone. I'm the, best his I'm the
0: wingman hips, best friend, by the way. His
2: so. hips and belly promise grandchildren. Oh, yeah, dude. He already first has first the dead body. dog. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. So that was, uh, that was part of the show. Uh, funny. Uh, didn't we have another question as well? NYXL inconsistencies. In yeah. Minnesota. General thoughts. Uh, so, I mean, the easiest one is, is like, obviously you see NYXL underperforming in playoffs, just, mm. just relative to their overall season. Like, uh, so, so yeah, that is something like, I think slasher tweeted out like 12 and 17. And then Jane got really mad. <laughs> and then he, then he tweeted back and said, like, since Jane has joined zero playoff wins for, uh, Dallas Fuel for Dallas Fuel, which, yeah. you know, again, like totally irrelevant, but also a little funny. Um, so thoughts here: NYXL, the very least inconsistent, if not underperforming. What's going on here?
1: I, I think people, I think NYXL themselves are starting to realize that the system that worked in season one can't or isn't working in season two. Um, And that may result in them really reevaluating the roster. Um, Even with that, I think they have a fairly low coaching staff number, if that makes sense. Like, I think it's, let me double check. I think for the most part, it's just Pavane. Oh no, I'm sorry. They have Pavane's at IMT in another person who i'm not going to try to pronounce the name but there is a third fourth person mm-hmm. um that that's interesting they don't they don't get put out there all that often and to be fair coaches don't need to um maybe that's not the case um yeah i guess it, it's a style it's it's a, a, a philosophy of how you view overwatch maybe has to change um maybe it's the the way that you um yeah i, I think i i would
2: say it's a style i i think i'm willing to put put my foot button. Okay. okay wait so let me let me get this straight right so we're mm. talking about playoff matches right so the first ever stage playoff they lost to london correct not yes. really a disappointing performance no then they win stage two correct against mm-hmm. philly in the finals didn't they also win stage three against boston in the finals uh, i can look i'm pretty sure i'm look. looking i in... thought
0: that they it wasn't houston didn't like didn't houston beat someone in stage one
2: no they made stage one playoffs and lost to london okay so they did right so now they have two stage playoffs yeah, okay right. they lose to valiant in the finals so they've made four finals sure. then this season they, that is the one upset, I, I will say. like Even Valiant wasn't necessarily an upset by this time, just based on the trajectory yeah. they were on. To me, Seoul is the only upset they've ever had in playoffs. The Vancouver season is, certainly is not playoffs. I don't care about your 12-17. Look at the fucking games they lost.
0: Angry, Eska.
2: Yeah, Jesus Christ, the comments this man makes without even watching. All the ones
1: <laughs> I, I think a lot of this stems from the core coming from Apex and and this LW blue, like never amounting to much of anything. I, I don't know that that holds a lot of weight with the NYXL. Um, But but I I, I will say that they're at least in season two.
2: Would you agree that they're inconsistent? Based on the Atlanta series and the Soul series, yes, yeah. that is the I, three I would games. Say three this out season, of 16. aren't
0: those both playoff games?
1: No, Atlanta. The Atlanta
2: one
0: was Atlanta was one playoff, one right?
2: No, Atlanta was both regular season. Both right yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're confused because the schedule makes no sense, and they met each other like back to back, yes. I'm yeah. not yeah.
0: confused. I'm just stupid. Uh, (laughs) like let's be real here there's a lot of games man
1: not
0: confused just stupid would be a really good name for a competitive Overwatch podcast (laughs) by the way not confused just stupid I also like three
2: games being inconsistent is a fine ratio I would even like the only team that doesn't apply to is the bottom three (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I would
1: be willing to say That they're fairly inconsistent in terms of Play and they need to figure out mm. What they want to do with their style Yeah, Because sure. the style has not been Amazingly successful in terms of Winning in, in, in the sense that Winning is taking stage titles
0: Yeah Fair yeah. enough uh, Any other thoughts on NYXL's consistencies Before we close it out Um should have kept Janice and art.
1: Definitely not. Um, I but would friendship. be, I, I think people are going to start paying for Libro. I said that last season, maybe. maybe midway through, I think people are going to start really shelling out for Libro. I think he'll, he's a beautiful fit for a lot of different teams. Um, maybe not a hybrid team. I don't know if there's a ton of uh, precedents to, to say otherwise, but i'd be willing to assume that they want flower in flower wants to play they've invested in him they seemingly want him to play they wouldn't have kept him around if that wasn't the case um and in that sense i think libero ha- is gonna be on the uh, the old selling block i think he goes to a, a nice team and does very well for himself in terms of who's, money a, nice who's a nice
0: team who's not a
1: nice team london good team not a nice team houston
0: Libero, maybe to London, not to Houston. <laughs> okay, you're right. I you're think like, libero, you Did a really think good job at setting the pendulum. Beautiful. Yeah, swings pretty far there. So,
2: you see, good, bad.
0: I I gave the answers. Fair enough. <laughs> yes.
2: Even though, like London is not a pendulum; it's more like a guillotine that just what What are these <laughs> these knives called? You know, that you have like in Dark Souls that swing from left to right and like a sight. Plat- that's Yes, that's that's London.
0: London is a scythe, <laughs> whereas... There's some right,
2: sort yeah. of a booby trap and some yeah. sort of temple. <laughs> all <laughs> right,
0: right fair enough. Um, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get out of here. By the way, chat, if you are still here, we're going to stay after we close out here and answer some of your questions. So uh, don't go anywhere. But if you are listening on uh, YouTube or any of the podcast outlets, you know, iTunes, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, uh, this is gonna conclude the show big thanks for hanging out really good show really fun show we almost were like kind of worried about can we make this show interesting this week With <laughs> we're like yeah we can do it F- yeah we can make it happen so that's what uh, we did this week thank you for tuning in make sure to follow the show everywhere at Tactical Crouch and um, subscribe like donate whatever you need to do we're still talking about that Patreon We've we've gotten some thumbs up saying like yeah i would love to support you guys through that way that would make a lot of sense for me so we're still talking about it but yay or nay make sure to um let us know your thoughts on that before we get out of here though yiska where can people find you what do you have going on this week
2: so i think i'll do um i'm thinking it over on the investment topic how investment pays up and Overwatch. Just to once again signal boost this concept because I think it it will do well in the wider community and resonate a little bit and also maybe kick some investment loose, maybe some willingness to invest. Other than that, there's sadly no Overwatch really going on. What I will say, though, is I will be at the Atlantic Showdown. So if you're um, someone visiting there, just watching, definitely say hi.
0: Awesome. Check that out. Uh, Joe what about you man uh, Shoutouts uh, what do you have coming up this week Where can people find you um, I still got my uh, My
1: article still in the works We're just waiting on some, uh, some Art to be uh, created um once that's done we will be publishing it's going to be a big one so be on the lookout for that nothing you know i'm a narrative guy i'm not a leak guy so don't don't assume it's leaks but it's it's a nice uh journey through the history and the future and analysis of, of of a certain player that i think deserves it um in terms of what's upcoming i'm gonna be trying to do some content around pacific showdown um and why i think uh that'll be a very entertaining showdown maybe not the best overwatch in the world but uh a lot of different picks if you're if you're somebody who voted all stars based on dps maybe you want to tune into pacific
0: Showdown. awesome um as for me you can find me everywhere at kick tripod at at kick tripod uh twitch youtube everywhere else you can find other overwatch content if you're more just like chill just kind of overall like you can go to Joe and Yiska for very specific Overwatch, Overwatch League, competitive Overwatch stuff. <laughs> like, my expertise is, like, microphones and, and that's about Warcraft. Mi- microphones and Warcraft is basically the only thing that I've brought to this world. On my mother's tombstone, true. is going to be like, her son knows about mi- oh, no. microphones and Warcraft. So, oh. yeah, Right. Uh, Yeah, but follow me everywhere at Kick Tripod. Make sure to follow the show at Tactical underscore Crouch. Follow us to tune in live 11 a.m. Pacific time on Twitter at Tactical underscore Crouch. And um, anything else that I can think of? Not really. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You guys have been amazing in Twitch. We're going to be back right after the music. Answer some questions. Hang out. Maybe go off the record a little bit. So make sure uh, to stay tuned after the music. We'll be back. Thanks for tuning in to episode 33. 33, man. 33 episodes of Tactical Crouch. We're still going. We'll see you guys next time.